0: welcome to on the road with supernatural the podcast where we watch and discuss supernatural episode to episode from the beginning i'm jasper Graydon.
1: i'm jordan grimm and, and i'm
0: Allie. and we'll be your host for this monster of the week journey through american folklore and christian mythology so how are we feeling this evening about this episode we excited right. to talk about some camping
1: <laughs> Ooh, camping
0: excited is a strong word <laughs> do we like camping how do we feel mm. about camping
1: i'm more of a glamper
0: what the if fuck i'm is being honest <laughs> Well,
1: Lamping. you know, glamping, so it's, so when you go camping and you kind of like rough it, they do in the show, like out in like tents and stuff, uh. that's camping. But like when you go in an RV, if you like stay in like a lodge, that's glamping. Like uh, I want my okay. camping to have like a full spa experience. Right, so
0: you want to go on vacation.
1: Scenic vacation. Uh. Yeah,
0: I want the wilderness
2: like of running through creeks and like climbing down shit and like doing all that. And then going back to to a cabin with a hot tub. Gotcha. So I don't don't mind camping, but I'd rather save the wilderness for outside and (laughs)
0: go to bed inside. I'm uh, I'm definitely like a hiker Mm -hmm. slash backpacker. I want to like carry everything and then settle down in the woods in my tent, make a fucking bear bag, you know, have the dehydrated food that I heat up with some water over the fire.
2: I've listened to too much true
1: crime for that shit. Nah, nah, Yeah, I got IBS, that's not happening.
0: (laughs) Dude, it's fine, just (laughs) shit in the woods, no one's gonna know.
1: That's fair, I do like shitting in weird places, so maybe I'll try it. Yeah. (laughs) peed outside for the first time in my
2: life this Halloween.
0: congrats Allie congrats I'm so proud of you I was in a creek alone in the freezing cold under
2: the full moon very drunk for hours
0: that sounds like an experience it's like ritualistic (laughs) I like it damn I love that all right (laughs) today's episode is season one episode two Wendigo the one where the boys wear the wrong shoes this episode was written by Eric Kripke ron my bauer Milbauer, and terry hughes burton and directed by david nutter it originally aired on september 20th 2005
1: i'm gonna go ahead and like just start off i don't know if like the last episode had like a budget but there is so much product placement just like right off the bat
0: m&ms m
1: ms we got like a ds light do you guys remember satellite phones no no me neither those were not really a thing
0: how was he filming a video do you know
2: how rich this kid
0: must have been? oh yeah he that was like a fucking that was like a blackberry yeah i love though that it's still having the blackberry dates it so much yes. because mm-hmm. he had to like turn it around no front oh, facing yeah. camera and like what kind of service do they have that in the middle of fucking nowhere he can send this video
1: well that satellite that's well, the whole point with oh, satellite was, yeah.
0: Oh, well. Anyway.
1: One more opening scene thing: puka mm-hmm. shell necklace.
0: All of them had those fucking chokers. I wore one when I went
2: as a Visco girl for Halloween.
1: Really? Is are oh, they coming yeah. back? They're
2: coming. They're back for those
0: girls. Oh my god. I
1: was like thinking, I was like, man, I was so awkward as a teenager, but at least I wasn't wearing a puka shell necklace. <laughs>
0: We just weren't that crowd,
2: no? Like you guys and then I was in the turquoise polo with the tan khaki skirt. Oh, mini skirt. oh yeah. Oh we would goodness. not have been friends. Oh
0: my what? god. <laughs>
1: yeah Yeah, no. that's how my parents wanted me to dress but I threw a massive temper tantrum at an age where you don't throw temper tantrums until my parents (laughs) bought me a pair of trip pants love that for you Mm -hmm.
2: I also love how the vibes coming back of them like chilling in their um tent playing on their Nintendos
0: like quarantine has put us right back there oh yeah especially I feel like with the unattended campfire right outside like okay first of all (laughs) only you can prevent forest fires but like second that's like our entire existence mm-hmm. for the past calendar year has just been like well shit's on fire out there but uh i got animal crossing so yeah literal and metaphorical fire also literal and metaphorical animals crossing Ooh. their paths mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh lord. <Wow>. i'm sorry <laughs> stretch but I'm, we got I'm there i'm sorry can we talk about for a second mm-hmm. the the guy like going to piss or whatever oh instead my of God. being like casually like I'm taking a leak, he goes nature calls like really <laughs> awkwardly. He says it so strangely, yeah. And, like and I'm sure they just put that line in there because they're camping and it's in nature, but right. like no one quipped about it and the delivery wasn't like, you know. Usually when people say that, it's mm-hmm. in like a sort of resigned like. Hank Hill, like, kind of way. Yeah. They're like, nature calls. But this kid is just like, nature calls. I'm like, does it? Also, like, <laughs> What's it saying?
1: <laughs> th- like, this trope of, like, someone going to pee and then getting killed is so overused. I'm like... If I ever go camping, I'm, like, coming back with a UTI. I am (laughs) so afraid.
0: They usually have, like, on trails and stuff, they'll have little pee holes. Mm -hmm. There's a word for that. Outhouse. Anyway, so what you really want to worry about isn't getting killed by something while you're peeing. It's spiders falling on you inside of an outhouse, which frankly I'll take a monster. Yeah. Exactly. Just kill me. Well,
1: especially like him. Like, he didn't even do the thing where they do in most, where they like kind of go off the beaten path a little bit to pee and get snatched up. He's just
2: right there. He didn't even go two feet.
1: He's like, zipper, lift, open, take a step out, immediately pee. We don't care where we sleep. Like, we're gonna sleep right by our pee.
0: And he, oh man, poor guy. And then like, his like big his scream and fucking cory monteith is like oh shit Corey. my friend he got called by nature <laughs> okay but like the
2: commendation of growls and cougar
0: noise. yes oh my god they were like okay predator animals yes all the sounds okay but
2: weirdly when i was growing up my parents or my grandparents live like random place northeast ohio and we were camping out back just me and my little sister in a tent way too young to be allowed outside alone at night and we kept hearing growls like cougar growls and so finally we went in and freaked out and my grandparents didn't believe us until a week later a cougar had escaped from the zoo and was in their woods
1: oh my god
2: so weirdly i had this like childhood flashback of me at like eight years old alone in a tent at night with my three four year old sister could you
1: imagine like having your child killed by a cougar and then like having (laughs) to tell that story because they'll be like you make a new friend and they're like i'm so sorry but like i just have to ask like what happened to your child and you're like Oh, they were eaten by an escaped cougar.
0: From the zoo. From, the, from
1: zoo. the zoo. And then they're gonna be like, what?
0: Well, especially if, like, you know, if the sequence was similar to your real story, where, like, at first, you're like, there's a cougar. And they're like, <laughs> no, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. And then you get killed and eaten by a cougar. By a cougar. So they have to be like, my daughter was killed and eaten by a cougar that escaped from the zoo. And they tried to warn me, but I didn't believe her. Well,
2: you know, I'd accept it because my sister said on my tombstone they're going to put Allie died doing what she loved, being right. So Incredible. That's mm-hmm. a vibe. I'll take a cougar, cougar death if it means my friends in the woods will then tell everyone I was right.
0: I love that. That's very similar to my plans. I want <laughs> mine to say I knew this would happen. I knew this would
1: happen. <laughs> Just think of something cool when you find me in the dumpster.
0: Oh, Jordan. <laughs> No one is gonna You're over six feet tall No one is gonna spend the energy To haul your ass all the way up Into a dumpster <laughs> <laughs> They'll just give up They'll be like whatever They'll leave you next to it <laughs> You will even hit in a coffin you're
2: too
1: tall That's true I mean I live like a possum I want to die like one
0: <laughs> Alright well moving right along Ooh,
1: I do have to say Pooka shell Pete Um <laughs> His name
0: is Tommy.
1: Oh, Puka Shell Pete. (laughs) So, I do like that he was smart. It did not pay off, but, like, he immediately turned the light off, went quiet, and, like, if it was a bear or something, he totally would have been fine. Like, I was, like, very... Not very much does, like, the victim in a horror movie, like, Mm -hmm. actually do the smart thing.
0: Good job, Tommy. I love that they cut from that to, like this very weird like they never have another scene like this that i can remember but this is very weird like visiting jess's Mm -hmm. grave it's just so like you you know you go jared you go you act your little heart out you you do it
1: can i say though that fucking gray filter in the broad daylight it just makes it look so grainy Mm -hmm. i was like we like went 10 years it actually it looked like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, like holy shit, scene. from
0: like like an early one, like yeah. a season one or two episode.
2: And like, vibe-wise, none of this matches, because it's like, bro's getting murdered in the forest, mm-hmm. Sam mourning the loss of his girlfriend,
0: oh, here's the lore,
2: like it just like jumps Yeah, around. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I kind of understand, they're like trying to establish that he's like... A sad he, boy. He's not expressing his feelings, how they are internally. I
1: will say in my predictions in last episode, they were all wrong, except for I did predict a Sam cry. I got my Sam cry. And I imagine we don't get a lot of those.
0: Yeah, it was only in his dream, though.
1: Mm. Uh, True. Otherwise,
0: he was very um, aggressive and emotionally volatile this episode. (laughs) Very, like, standoffish and not giving a shit about anybody. Yeah. So I'm half
2: right. The third person in the back of their car should be a
0: therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to his credit, Dean is very soft and nurturing this episode. Mm -hmm. He's really fulfilling his role as the surrogate mom going on. Adroitly traversing between the gender membrane. (laughs)
1: Love switching a binary. I will say, too, like, um, I guess they're kind of setting up to that there's kind of like a wild goose chase going on with the dad. Like, the dad's kind of yeah. leading them to places to, like, hunt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... I guess that's kind of what I'm picking up for like an overarching plot because they kind of had mentioned.
0: Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta have your reason why it's a monster of the week show. Yeah. Yeah. My question is also, how much did this dad play out?
2: Was he just like letting more get killed until the boys could be? There? I have like, that he just as well.
1: <laughs> He was like, okay, there's this monster here, so we're gonna send them there. Like, he definitely is now taking like a manager role. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm over it. <laughs> the kids can deal with it.
2: And like let's not call anyone in to deal with it soon. Just like let that fester. Some people can die. It's cool. Yeah, get there. Like
1: I imagine like there has to be like how many monsters there are. True. Like, there has to be some kind of, like, Buffy council-type shit going on. Like, they can't be the only two assholes, like, driving <laughs> around, like, trying to um, save Um, obviously
0: not. There's three Winchesters, Jordan.
1: Oh, that's true. Okay, mm. I
0: want the British version
2: where it's just some cockney, angry man. Oh, go right. my God.
0: What? You fucking what?
1: <laughs> you fucking what, mate? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the lad version of dean
1: (laughs) oh i will say um i had like a weird moment in this episode because i feel like um the first episode so obviously that's what i'm going to compare it to since i haven't really watched this show but Mm -hmm. there was some like kind of decent pacing Mm. in the first episode and i feel like this in the beginning i was getting a little bit of whiplash because like it's like immediately like Boom opening scene, which I imagine shows like this do that a lot. Buffy did the same thing. Yes. But it's like boom opening scene, dream sequence, bro sequence. Mm. And then like we're straight (laughs) up like in a bar like within five minutes. I'm losing
0: it at bro sequence. (laughs) Got the bro sequence. I I hate to break it to you, but that's like 75% of the show. That does
1: not surprise (laughs) me.
0: Especially before season four. Yeah, and I will say, like, whenever they do, like, dream sequence stuff, it does make it more choppy. Just yeah. because of the way that they they don't... The the cut is very abrupt.
2: See, my mind, that was so rapid that my mind can't even wrap around that that was a dream. It was just thrown in there so randomly. Like, right. It just feels like an event in the sequence. Also, right.
1: um, besides that first scene it's like completely daytime at every point in this episode
0: yeah which is a little weird yeah especially because like you said like everything is still like gray yeah yeah until they get into like the mine shaft Mm -hmm. yeah
1: until they get in the shaft
0: sorry where
1: the shaft
0: okay thank you for clearing that up (laughs) i'm so glad we circled back Back To the shaft. To the shaft. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I feel no like problem. we're going
1: to visit the shaft again, actually.
0: <laughs> Speaking of the shaft, Dean is very nice and not gross to women yes. in this mm-hmm. episode. He is very nice in general in this episode.
1: Yeah. I think they were kind of going for like a little bit of a role reversal, which I think mm-hmm. is a very brave choice to do for a second episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. They immediately, immediately deconstruct the... Mm-hmm. thing that they do in episode one where he's like, No chick flick moments. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. I yeah. think part of it is because the, the Haley character, mm-hmm. the sister, is the caretaker of her siblings. Mm-hmm. And so they parallel Dean and Haley. They're like kindreds. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, Dean is having like this nurturing role come through mm-hmm. in this. And so he's relating more to a female character than he normally would. He even has that line Probably the most honest I've ever been with a woman, which I also find really funny because it's episode two and (laughs) an adult man is saying, yeah, I've never had emotional intimacy or trust with someone outside of my gender Which is a strikingly fucking gay thing for a man to say.
2: I think it's really interesting, too, because he's, like, so good with trauma, and he's so good with other people coping with trauma, but then he's so emotionally stupid when it comes to anything other than trauma.
0: Yeah, well, and also with his own. Yeah, truly, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, as a person with trauma, I, I will say that that's... You know, that's actually pretty complicated. Yeah. <laughs> that's so realistic. <laughs> Even with just like the most basic of like being nicer to other people mm-hmm. than to yourself things. Mm-hmm. Like being like, oh, I'm so lazy because I don't, you know, wash my dishes when I should. Mm-hmm. But anybody else should just like put it off if it's too overwhelming. Be nice to yourself, you know.
1: Yeah. Like uh, Dean specifically like asked Sam, do you want to talk about mm-hmm. it? before and then when Sam's like no and then instead is like why don't you drive seems like a very emotionally intelligent way to like help someone who's grieving
0: yeah
2: yes and uh, vibe wise it just doesn't fit with the monster cause for me one thing I noticed a lot is how they said 8 people went missing every 23 years so, I'm just thinking how this has always been reoccurring and people are getting murdered repeatedly. It's just bears. It's just bears. And we have like this really sensitive issue. And I,
1: story. you know, I if I had watched this a couple years ago, I would have been like, sure, but now that our government is like, it's just covid, <laughs> I like totally, yeah, no.
0: Um, yeah, no, agree.
1: yeah, I think we kind of get from um, them going into i actually kind of like i will say later in the episode i do feel like the episode was trying to do something like make some kind of like Mm -hmm. story allegory with the monster i don't feel like they kind of succeed with it but i'll get into that later because it's later in the episode Mm -hmm. but i think
0: let's talk about the monster Oh, I have so much to say. Yeah, <laughs> so you wanna you wanna let us in on the the lore? I would Allie, love to.
2: But first, I want to talk about the jacked up lore they give this monster, because it is fucking all over the place. Yeah. First of all, this is like teasing one of them, but just like ripping into their tents and like blood everywhere. Then the old man is saying who saw them, um, the monster when he was young says it's like incredibly smart and picked a lock. So can
1: yeah. pick a lock,
2: but it's ripping open tents. And then yeah. the growl with the cougar. I know I keep saying that, but I don't get it. And the old man says it's like a roar unlike any man or animal, which doesn't match the That was sound. definitely
0: a cougar soundbite. Yes!
1: <laughs> and then it was emulating human voices, yes. too.
0: Well, that's actually... A little yeah. bit more of
2: the skinwalker than from what I've... Red. yeah and then they yeah they mention what it could be and they go in and they talk about like how it's a better hunter at night and it's probably a wendigo um which are usually from minnesota or michigan and it goes into this and basically it's a big monster they say it's probably a wendigo even though they're not in the area um they say it's from a korean word for evil that devours and they're hundreds of years old and used to be cannibals some of this is true but there's a lot that is kind of messed up or uh, misrepresented. Do you want to talk about the symbol thing first?
0: Oh, yeah. I have so much to say about the symbols. So so they they draw these, quote, Anasazi symbols to... I think they might even use the word glyphs. Did they say glyphs or symbols? I thought they said symbols. But they might. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's bullshit either mm-hmm. way. So first of all, that gave me really big, like, Spongebob vibes. <laughs> If y'all recall that episode, don't step outside the magic oh my circle. Gosh. And you know, SpongeBob aside, great show. Probably <laughs> smarter than this one. He like takes a stick. Dean takes a stick to like draw mm-hmm. these fucking symbols, and literally just draws like a tiny circle. And I was just like, that's it. Uh, You're yeah. drawing a circle in the dirt. A circle. It's just, it's just, just a circle. A circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's not even a circle around the campsite. It's just like a little mm-hmm. circle with like a fucking <laughs> diameter of six inches or some shit. And I'm like, all right.
1: Not even big enough to throw their asses in.
0: No. They got some big booties. Mm-hmm. Except for that Haley girl. She's <laughs> <was laughs> very skinny. I'm like, this is not believable. I've been hiking. That gives you big thighs. Yep. She's like... Fallen out of her shorts. She's so skinny. Yep. Anyway, so what what makes the the symbols really weird is that so first of all, Anasazi is a Navajo word for ancient enemies. It's not how these people would have self identified. Um, it's actually referring to ancient Puebloan cultures, which were extremely advanced. Should really research them, look into them if you're interested in ancient indigenous history. Um, They would have been from across the Four Corners region, which is the meeting point of Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. So it's a lot further south than this monster would be. There's, like, no reason that there should be any correlation uh, between these two, like, culture, like, magical cultures, uh, as far as I know. I am a white person. Double check me. Could be full of shit but it just seems (laughs) like it doesn't add up from my end. And, you know, really all that I can think uh, is that they were like, oh, Pueblin cultures, Algonquin-speaking cultures, what's the difference? They're both Native, Mm -hmm. and just hand-waved it because white people in the writer's room, you know? Because white people. And then it gets even more far off beyond just the
2: symbol um, so I research wendigos in general, and they're usually from the Chippewa, Ottawa, um, Algonquian, sorry, Potawatomi tribes from the areas mainly like um, northeast U.S. and into Canada. And these were really large animalistic creatures, but they were coated in ice and they were pretty much like almost From what I read, it was kind of like ice giant monsters. Um, They were people who committed crimes. So it could be cannibals, which the show mentions, but it also could be someone who was selfish or gluttonous. And sometimes it even had the person inside of them and they were where the heart should be. And then the the rest was the monster. This was from native languages.org slash Wendigo. They have a lot of stories if you're interested in specific different stories. And the Algonquian, um, this is a rough quote. It said it was a giant with a heart of ice, sometimes all ice, skeletal and deformed, missing lips and toes, which um, it reminds me of frostbite. Yeah. yeah. So this was about being very cold. Colorado, some parts match, but definitely not all. And then the, oh, if I could read my writing. <laughs> this is my issue. Abtua, um, said that they're tallest trees. No, I'm not sure. Are you sure. sure it might be Ojibwe? I think it's that. Um, they're tall as trees and lipless with like gnarly sharp teeth. They leave but- bloody footprints and they ate any man, woman, or child or possess that man, woman, or child hmm. to go kill their relatives and loved ones. But the interesting thing is that this also goes with a psychosis that they sometimes call Wendigo psychosis which is like an obsession with wanting to eat human flesh. And in 1661, this was actually referenced in the Jesuit relations documents. It was just referenced in there. But then in 1878 to 1879, um, there was a person in, I believe, Upper New York, who ate his wife and kids instead of traveling 25 miles to get food. And this has happened in other times as well. um, Jack Fiddle, who was an OG Cree chief and medicine man, fought wendigos. He claimed to fight 14 of them. And then they actually arrested him in 1907 for murder and in Canada. And he ends up completing suicide. And his brother is arrested with him and is pardoned, mm-hmm. but dies in jail three days before the news of the pardon. So it's really interesting that both of them huh. passed. And basically, um, this has popped up all over Minnesota in the late 1800s to 1920s. They were reported, and each time one came to town, someone died. And the seriousness of this, there's, yeah, Korean Ojib- Ojibwe mm-hmm. have a ceremonial dance against Wendigos um, in times of famine to kind of ward against them. So this is something that they take seriously. and. And kind of try to eliminate the possibility of
0: this happening. Yeah. I had some other extra stuff. Oh, tell me. Yeah. So, um... As time goes on and famine is less and less of a problem, although hunger is still a huge problem, mm-hmm. even in America, the Today. wealthiest nation yeah. on the planet, it, it tends to, in a more modern interpretation, have more to do with like greed in a monetary or like spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Um, even like moving towards themes in their stories of anti-capitalism and environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, greed over property and those kind of wealth issues are actively destroying the planet um, and destroying nations and communities in the same way that cannibalism is a literal act of destroying your family. We're cannibalizing the earth to make money. But the other thing that I had read, which I thought was really interesting, is that the actual stories from uh different nations tend to be more hopeful Mm. stories they tend to have good endings like they defeat yeah they have a lot of stories about like why even a dog fought it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and they tend to be like really triumphant so it's about it's about hope you know like in supernatural Mm -hmm. they usually kill the monster so like it's fine but there's nothing really overtly hopeful Or nothing really related to greed or, like, devouring of family structures or anything like that going on in this episode. I
1: think that's what's so frustrating about that. And I Mm -hmm. think why it's really important to have, like, more diversity in your writing, too. Because, like, if they had just taken, like, the little bit of time to do that research Yuhala did, like, this episode, like pretty much would have wrote itself like there's so much to go yeah i only
0: read shit for like
2: two hours and like in it so it said um most stories you have to kill the person in the ice creature to be able to kill it but there are even stories where they were able to save the human inside yeah. So there are even stories of saving the humanity, or when you defeat that person who represents this evil, there's still hope and triumph in the group. It takes away all of that positivity. Yeah.
1: Especially like, whether you look at it from the older perspective or the new newer perspective, you're coming, like the whole point of that story is kind of like a little bit of a parable to like warn against like greed, like can ruin the planet, or to warn against literal cannibalism, which at the time, yeah. yeah so, like, I feel like this would have been a good episode to set yeah. up some kind of. Paranormal. But, like, so,
0: but I, I have to wonder, like, what are they actually trying to say here? Like I there there is like a thematic arc. There's like a, there's character arc yeah. going yeah. on. It's, you know, developing the relationship between Dean and Sam and figuring out how they want to move forward. That's happening what does that have to do with the Wendigo yes. is what I want to know. Like they literally could have just had, they honestly could have just had a bear yes. or yeah. a cougar, like, and it would be the same fucking episode. Right. Right.
1: And then if we want to talk about just that character development too, I feel like they really tried to do something and kind of failed at it a little bit. So at one point towards the end of the episode, mm-hmm. Dean and um, Haley get kidnapped by the Wendigo. And so then it's like the two youngest siblings that are kind of out, but they like end that immediately. And like they, they give the youngest brother, was it Ben? Ben. Yeah. He, he did not have a single line until 45 minutes into that episode, (laughs) which like was kind of jarring. I was (laughs) like, why is his character there? Yeah. Like it was a little uncomfortable
0: yeah, I think it was for the benefit of the sister character, Haley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because her other brother was missing, but we have mm-hmm. to understand her as like the mother yes. slash father caretaker type.
2: Yeah, I think it's so important to ask ourselves, like, why appropriate this creature, too? It doesn't feel like there's a reason. And the logic of this monster, who's supposed to be very smart in their own story, and then they're saying it's like, it, like, hibernates for months, but ties them up in a way that they could not survive for
0: months. I think they literally were, like, stoned and watched Empire Strikes Back, and they were like, Ice Cave Monster. There we go. But then they forgot
2: all the items. Yeah. Right.
0: I know. It looks I'm like just fucking like, Nosferatu. I know. <laughs> like. I know. Everything. I. That's the oh, thing. Oh, that... I
1: wrote Big Golem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> big Golem? Oh, my fucking God. That's incredible. <laughs> Truly. Oh, Jesus. Big yeah. Golem. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Nosferatu is on point mm-hmm. also because that was what I thought. And, yeah. and, and like, there was. Uh, Whatever Nosferatu is even more interesting than whatever the fuck they did. Yes. Oh, oh! I remember now. You were talking about it's supposed to be smart or whatever. Yeah. It's also supposed to be really fucking fast. Yes. Yeah. And yet, towards the end, they're all like limping away, and it's just like jogging in the background, like really leisurely, like do do do. It can't catch up with the person who is
2: injured and can't. Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the continuity of this monster is horrendous. It's
1: yeah, it literally good. hung, like, Roy up from the yeah. very top of a sycamore tree. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: just to be like, bitch, I killed him.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Yeah,
1: that's, like, another thing. I'm like, that very least, like, it's so unfortunate, not only did they, like, appropriate this horrible monster, especially, like, at a very base level,
0: yes. they just
1: kind of did not, this was not a good monster.
0: <laughs> they, like, made too many rules and didn't follow any of them so Mm -hmm.
1: i like like jasper i like monster tv shows a lot and i have like a lot that needs like criteria that needs to go in and i actually was a little excited for the setup so that we had kind of a scary beginning of like people getting dragged away and like the tent getting eviscerated and then we had like the scary story like
0: the old man, the, the Mr. Old man. Shaw, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, he plays Doc Coddle on Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, not the oh. '70s one.
1: But like, that's what I want. I want you to set it up, though. Those two things, like, they should have been tweaked to make it sound like it's coming from the same monster. Then I want good research, like the last episode, we had our library scene, and then after that, I want the you to like do that research to use the clues. But in this episode they literally were out of nowhere like i'm pretty sure it's a wendigo yes
0: we kill those with fire they did have like multiple instances where they just kept i love they just like throw out different monster names they're like oh maybe it's a black dog maybe it's a fucking skinwalker Skinwalker, yeah which that's another native thing that they clearly don't understand what it is and we
2: have great sources from this period like jasper found this poem i want to read um that would have been so great to model after and this is by uh louise erdrich and her mother um, from the chippewa tribe and she writes a lot about um native american stories and how they influenced her and this is just called wendigo um and I, it's on poetryfoundation.org if you're interested in looking her up or her other poetry and she's an novelist too i believe she writes whole books as well so for angela the Windigo is a flesh-eating wintry demon with a man buried deep inside of it in some chippewa stories a young girl vanquishes this monster by forcing boiling lard down its throat thereby releasing the human at the core of the ice you knew i was coming for you little one when the kettle jumped into the fire towels flapped on the hooks and the dog crept off groaning to the deepest part of the woods in the hackles of dry brush a thin laughter started up mother scolded the food warm and smooth in the pot and called you to eat but i smoke spoke in the cold trees new one i have come for you child hide and lie still the stomach pushed sour red cones through the air copper burned in the raw wood you saw me drag towards you oh touch me i murmured and licked the soles of your feet you dug your hands into my pale melting fur i stole you off a huge thing in my bristling armor steam rolled from my wintry arms each leaf shivered from the bushes we passed until they stood naked spread like the cleaned spines of fish then your warm hands hummed over and shuffled themselves full of the ice and the snow. I would darken and spill all night running until last morning broke the cold earth, and I carried you home, a river shaking in the sun. So we have these really great stories. Mm-hmm. Snaps for Louise. <laughs> really. So, so I wish they, they had brought in anything, anything from that. I yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anything. And honestly, that was when I was reading about this monster. That was one of the only references I could find to heat Yes. Um, being used as a way to vanquish it. And it's not even fire. It's hot lard.
2: Yeah, it just feels like such a misuse. And I know it was in the second episode, so... It's kind of like, I know it was early on, but that doesn't excuse.
0: It's still an establishing episode. Yeah. They do a lot of establishing things. There's, like, um, instances of, of, like, dialogue that get drawn back upon throughout the series that start in that episode. Like, the family business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, you okay? I'm fine. That whole dynamic <laughs> <laughs> starts episode two. and it Flip-flops between them um but you know and and the whole um dean trying to get the girl thing although he honestly didn't try and was never going to try yeah in this particular episode i do
1: want to say we've talked a lot about um or talked some about dean and his like relationship with women but um i did notice this is the first time like he's really been kind of put against like a hot-headed male character and like him and roy seemed pretty competitive Yes. like there was some kind of like measuring contests going on there pissing contests
0: you can say dick measuring dick measuring
1: all
2: adults well i also actively rooted against dean and sam because i'm like you bitches are unprepared in the wrong clothes arrogant like i wanted them to lose this
0: one yeah yeah Uh, sam is really interesting to me in this one Mm -hmm. as someone who's seen the whole series and I think even, like, for people who have seen more than, you know, season three mm. or something, it's interesting. Because he's, like I said earlier, he's very aggressive and yeah. volatile. Yes. He's really hot-headed, and he does not give a shit about helping them out. He's like, no, we need to leave. Yeah. I don't care.
2: I think this is the start where, like, we've reversed some of the expectations. So, Which time, is interesting yeah. at
0: episode two. two. <laughs>
1: Well, this is something so obviously like me coming from not watching the show. How I read into that situation is Sam didn't really want to be on this whole journey. Like, he was kind of pushed into it. Yeah. And he was like, We showed up. Our dad isn't here. Why are we still here? Yeah. We should be going to where he, he is. He
0: wanted to leave them to die.
1: Yeah. Like, I think he's
0: like, Fuck these yahoos. <laughs> <yeah>. I'm out.
1: <laughs> like, I think he, to me, it's kind of read as like he hasn't really. Accepted his role as I'm like a monster killer.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I mean, they do go to lengths in episode one to make you understand that he's not interested in it, and he's tried to not be doing it yeah. with his adult life.
2: It's funny because he's the one like with social emotional skills, and like wants to go to law school. I would assume he's the one that cares about
0: the people. Yeah. Yeah. Grief makes you weird, dude. It do- yeah, it does. It makes you weird. There's no one way to grieve, however you're I doing it wrong sam
1: <laughs> yeah there is it's you you catch the keys when dean throws them at you and then you're that's how you get over a death catch the
0: keys and you're, good. you're good at yeah, that point yeah i um i really do find that the quickest way right, way to recovery is to drive uh vintage muscle cars mm-hmm.
1: i think that's the lesbian Listen in to you shit
0: music <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> all of that my favorite band is kansas and i'm just kidding that is in no way serious i mean i
2: wore my flannel and super and it's cozy super it's
0: winter today. it's winter
1: i'm like permanently in pajamas so i'll never <laughs> judge like anyone
0: same. same you know that's not even true it's just like 2020 has fucked me over i have so many yeah. good outfits are you kidding me oh i've been dressing
2: up to do dumb shit i mm-hmm. love that for oh. you you should have seen me in a two different color sparkling party dress. What? In the freezing cold, walking to my mailbox without pants under it. My mailbox is like
0: very far away. <laughs> Allie, you're brave,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: braver
0: than any U.S. Marine. Mm-hmm.
2: I did, I did like how this one, I know, I know we only had one episode, but for characters they're supposed to have loved so much, there was no like, no dialogue females actually had that was productive until this one. Yeah. So I did appreciate having a female with actual personality. Motivation. Yeah,
0: especially since um, in episode one, both of the major female characters got woman in the refrigerator yes. Yeah, pretty quickly. And for anyone who doesn't know that trope, that's when you have an establishing uh, female character who has really no personality and exists to die for the character development of a male character. The name of the trope comes from a specific show, but I'm not entirely certain what that I'm pretty sure is. it's
1: from Green Lantern. It was a comic book. So the term refrigerator is because
0: she was found in the refrigerator yeah he found her in the refrigerator
1: and it was like a character that fans had like liked and finally Mm. gravitated towards and
0: most people will just shorten it to fridged yeah but anyway i I, you know like fridging is not necessarily a problem in this show i wouldn't say other than jess and mary but women have a certain disposability that Becomes an issue. <laughs> I would
2: say they get a personality and then are murdered or killed to yeah. progress the male story. It yeah. It's very male centered and there is no like it's not really spoiled This is so centered on the male Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no lasting female in my mind. It's about the boys. It's about the boys. About the boys. And it's really straight,
0: right? Oh yeah.
1: I think that's something that, like, straight men really haven't, like, grasped onto, is, like, just how gay it feels when, like, your driving motivation is the approval of your male peers.
0: That's literally the definition of homoeroticism. Yeah. It's, like... Whenever I'm watching this show and, like, thinking about, like, denials that there's any sort of homoeroticism at all, all I can think about is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Mm. actually, uh, which is a manga that's been adapted into an anime by... Is his name Araki Gen? Yes, yes. Anyway, and the whole... Fucking show is just ridiculous handsome muscly men with superpowers doing things and there's like never any lasting female characters and it's just really fucking gay even though no one like there's no actual like homosexuality showed like but it's just gay and that's how this fucking show is And that's just what that happens allows. when you don't have lasting female characters. You can't develop emotional intimacy across mm-hmm. genders. You can only do it on one end. So it's gonna happen. Sorry. And when we talk about diversity in a writing team, like even just
2: having women,
0: because all yeah. the time
2: they're gay ships and a lot of it is because there's no well-written female.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
2: how are you gonna ship the character without a personality?
0: You have to make a personality for them. And let me tell mm-hmm. you, that's a whole lot of work when what you're trying to do is just, like, <laughs> write an excuse for porn. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which not all fan fiction is.
1: And it's if you're either. not going to have women, fucking lean into it. I yes! Want, yeah. I want to get hell. Yeah, just, like, throw it in my face. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I want Dean in that Dean jacket with fishnet shirt underneath. And <laughs> that is the level of
0: gay. Yep. Okay. Literally, like, I feel like we just talked about this. Like, he's not a health goth. He's just bisexual. Yes. Like, I feel like we've done it again, Allie. Like, <laughs> he's not like an 80s flaming, you know, club scene gay. He's just bisexual. But we haven't even gotten to the point where this show is really fucking gay yet, so I feel like we're just getting ahead of ourselves.
2: I do like how they have the macho character in this one, and it's the opposite of Dean.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yes. Well, I think part of that is because of the fact that um, Dean's character is softened a lot Mm -hmm. in in this episode, so they have, like, this hyper-masculine... Hunter guy for him to be like grumble grumble. <laughs> I'm a man too. And then we have Twink Dean. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, oh, he was so little, <laughs> <laughs> was so cute. She want to pinch his cheeks. Oh, uh, the Hunter guy. I meant to mention Roy, also was in Battlestar Galactica. Wow. He, yeah. He is one of the Cylons, Leo ben. He was the one who was like really obsessed with Starbucks.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There was the that only whole thing.
1: character's He's name I can looking. remember from Battlestar Galactica is Hot Dog. I don't know why, <laughs> but I just always <laughs> remember. Hilarious. I'm like,
0: I I can very distinctly remember what Hot Dog looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I remember shit, Starbuck but... because like she's like my. Fucking dream wife. <laughs> Just fucking cigar smoking, poker playing, fuck you attitude, so, genius. There's like pilot. An interesting
1: story behind that actress, too, because, um, so the original Battlestar Galactica from the 70s, starbuck yeah, yeah, was yeah. played by a man, a man. And then when it announced that she was going to pick a. Uh, hate mail. Yeah. Immediately. Death threats, hate mail. And it took one episode and she'd never received another one. She
0: was that. Fucking good
1: right even fantastic. in a backwards
0: racer back <laughs> tank yeah. top yeah
1: <laughs> she like killed she was alice making role. a face of
0: me at me at that the the backwards racerback tank top yeah. was like a thing you know how like they have to do like future sci-fi mm-hmm. costumes or whatever and like a lot of shows they'll like in like in uh star trek they got mm-hmm. the gray onesie you know yeah okay in Battlestar Galactica, their future military clothes were just literally backwards tank tops. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. It was just like the, the cross part was like more in the front.
2: Battlestar Galactica makes me think of Stargate, which I swear is the same film set for these four scenes.
0: Also, Battlestar Galactica will forever be lumped together with Supernatural in my mind because of its truly horrendous finale.
2: Fair.
0: The The finale of Battlestar Galactica... It's the only finale I can think of that I've seen that was worse, having having sat through all that. But in, in any event. Y'all noticed there was a lot of orchestral music in this episode? No. Mm. There was. I did not know There was. There was a lot of, like, running around in the woods to orchestral music. But because of that, when they made, like, the suspense slash procedural tv noises like the and like shit like (laughs) that those those moments really like pop out a lot like they're way more noticeable because of the fact that there's like actual music i think tone of something and
2: music are similar where i really only notice if it's notice it if
0: it's really bad or really good
2: yeah middle Mm. ground i just kind of tone
0: it out yeah 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 the cougar noises The cougar That's noises. Bad. Especially because that damn thing made one when it was dying. Yes. Which, can I say, the whole, like, death sequence of the monster was really strange to me. Because of the way they blended, like, the practical and, like, computer effects.
2: And the wailing
0: arms. The, yeah.
2: I don't know about you, but if I had a flare shot into my stomach, mm-hmm. I would not instantly, arms up inflatable
0: tube man
1: Ah! i think that this is kind of like a budget thing like because the monster was not in it a lot
0: i like that though i think that's the one thing Mm -hmm. they did right i love the don't show the monster trope yeah um they show too much they did. Fucking no.
1: Yeah, they like should just not have shown. I love how
0: they yes. had like they showed the side of his head enough you can see he has like three stringy blonde yes, that's hairs. That's mm-hmm. it looks like, Gollum. A big, a big, yeah. gollum. <laughs> big Gollum. Big seat. Gollum. <laughs> <sighs> <Precious>. <sighs> oh my gosh! There was also. So do you remember in the beginning they were talking about the mines and they're like yes. oh there's like the silver and gold mines that are abandoned.
2: I have so many issues with this because okay I get like western expansion sure going yeah. after mines but then it says like dangerous material yes like, carved into the rock is like dangerous material hazardous no it would just be a closed off mine with some like wood
0: i know that like cracked me up so bad because like first off i don't know i don't think there was a lot of silver or gold in colorado Colorado. no but second off like yeah it said extremely toxic material i'm like bitch what gold like uranium like what is (laughs) There. yeah like <laughs> like what's going on why huh? what's
2: toxic
1: my thought is with like the, the cliff edging it kind of made it look like a theme park yes
2: this place is so well kept for like abandoned mine oh and yeah they fall through to the one place these people happen to be held that that oh, of ground course had not been like destroyed before so this monster must have been taking this long ass path oh yeah to get to this place, they just happen to you know, fall through. Maybe
0: Scooby Doo. Maybe he's just like really fucking light on his feet. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He's very fast. He is very fast until he needs to be. I, you know, maybe at that point he was just confident. He's like, mm. I'm gonna get these fuckers. It's fine. It. I don't need to Let like spend him. this much energy. Swagger to his walk. with swagger. <laughs> <laughs> swagger. Oh
1: yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm lying at this old-ass abandoned mine. Like, this is not a new mine. Are there flare guns on the ground? Oh, oh shit. Yeah.
1: They just found those.
2: They just found... He... Dean was just like, here's flare guns so that he could stand doing this dick pose with a flare gun in each hand.
1: That's some, like, Mary Sue shit. I hate yes. that stuff.
0: You know, it's fine. Whatever. Like, in the grand scheme of the episode. It's not fine. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> considering everything else that's gone wrong. Yeah, considering the cultural appropriation and misrepresentation. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll,
1: we'll forgive the magic flare guns. Magic flare guns.
0: <laughs> I do love that scene before that, though, where he's just, like, running around. Dean just running around, like, flailing, like, hey! <laughs> over here! Woo. I also
2: am obsessed with the unending m ms
0: Oh, my God, yeah. It was a a big bag. A big
1: bag. Can I, like, ask, like, is that going to be a thing? No. I wish. The Eminems don't come back?
0: No, Jordan.
1: I'm so sad. I feel like.
2: You were so invested in it. I was. That was,
1: like, the other character, the other brother this episode.
2: I know.
1: It was, like, Sam Dean and Eminem Winchester.
2: (laughs) Also, okay, I know I'm talking about the monster a lot. But they said that the monster drags these people off, and then the tracks just disappear. So it drags them partway, and then there's some fucking magic. And so I'm thinking, if he's dropping M and M's, whenever the magic or whatever occurs, the trail ends.
0: Uh, I have yeah. so many issues with this. I uh, yeah. Like I said, they made up too many rules, and we didn't follow any. Kind of
1: expecting like a Kendall Jenner Pepsi Cola moment. <laughs> oh fuck! With the M and M's. Yeah, like, he just goes up to the Wendigo and, like, hands them an M&M and... You mean,
0: He's like, in Stranger Things, season yeah. three? Oh, my God. I do forgot about that? that. I haven't seen the third season. Oh, well, they they do M&M's product placement, and That's it's very blatant. Saying. He's like, you want some M&M's?
1: And the Demi Gorgon goes, what? He did to
0: do? No, I'm making that up. <laughs> 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 Maybe I should watch season three. <laughs> Wonder if there's any good there probably is Stranger Things yeah, supernatural think... crossover fic. Sure. Well, I have it on the brain because I have the link for this episode's featured mm. fanfic, which is a crossover fic. Ooh, with what? with Hannibal, the TV oh, show, with Mads Mikkelsen. You know, I like, I, I like yeah. that more than the show we just watched. Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually going to deal with, like, cannibalism? cannibalism. Yeah, let me read you some of these tags. Please do. I'm really interested in them. But like, I'll, I'll do the characters first. Mm-hmm. Will Graham, Dean Winchester, Sam Winchester, Hannibal Lecter, Ruby, Castiel, Jack Crawford, Bobby Singer. So, obviously, like, a lot of those characters are not <laughs> in season one so it's okay let me read you the additional tags just some of my faves actually we'll read them all whatever (laughs) gay sex rare pairings wendigo hannibal lecter not canon compliant demons crossover pairings this all started because i wanted dean to fuck will is a tag jealous hannibal lecter jealous castiel crack crossover daddy kink human monster romance crack smut shameless smut porn with plot hypnotism bisexual dean winchester Anyway, this is called One Dance. It's by Toxic Shipper and it's hosted on (laughs) AO3. (laughs) And yeah, incredible. Here's a summary. Sam and Dean drive to Baltimore to investigate some suspicious murders that they think may be the work of a particular Wendigo that John Winchester followed around the country but could never catch because he fucking sucks. That's just my commentary. That's not in the summary. On their first night, Dean sleeps with a cute FBI profiler that he meets in a bar. Their cover is fake FBI agents and their lives are now very much in peril. Creatures on both sides are unhappy with the pairing and go out of their way to split it up. I love this concept.
2: Mm -hmm. I have two things I really like. First of all, they managed to fit in this very specific story, the daddy kink. Oh, yes. And second of all, okay, imagine Mads Mikkelsen with all of his hair shaved except the back hair pieces. No! <laughs> no. Mads
0: Mikkelsen is Big Gollum! Is no, brilliant. Mads! Why would you do that to my brain? What? Oh. <laughs> I do appreciate the appropriateness of that crossover. Yeah. Yeah, like thematically, it does. Have some, like, sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although, I do wonder about the sense of pairing Will Graham with Dean. I actually, once they said FBI profile, I'm like, I'm in. But, I don't know. Do you remember in Hannibal, how Hannibal would just, like, be at the crime scenes saying some psychology stuff? Yeah. I feel like it would be more likely for Dean to end up in a weird, creepy thing with Hannibal having mm. crossed paths with him at a crime scene after Mads is saying some weird, creepy psychology stuff. Oh, God! I was saying, I feel
1: like both Dean and Will are a little too awkward Mm. to be a good pairing.
0: No, see, that's the thing because Hannibal is very, like, controlling and smooth and he likes to play games.
1: That's why I think, like, Hannibal and Dean, I could see working
2: a little better. Okay, just imagine that Gollum. No! Stop I mean, it.
0: Every time I forget about Mads and Big Gollum. please write this. No. All right,
1: fanficers, you hear it. Toxic shipper, if you're listening. you oh, no. We want a revision.
2: A revision. Just a few edits. Mm-hmm. Although, again, I do really appreciate that. Just a few revision. edits in the
1: back, in if the you know back. what I mean.
2: No. <laughs> Hairless, except you twinkly hair. All
1: business, and just a tiny bit of party in the back.
2: Mm. Party. greasy no. party <laughs> gross overall what did you guys think of that episode
1: Ooh, can i rate it yeah i'm gonna give it two mad mickelson <laughs> greasy golem hair strands Ew. out of five
0: i i'm gonna go with gonna give it one yellow m&m out of five Ooh i did not i was not impressed with this episode Mm-mm. the only thing that gave it a single m M&M m was soft dean
2: i'm going to go with one awkward blood drop to the face Ooh. or body as they keep doing um for the show solely because of the woman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i'm going to give it a five out of five dream catchers for the cultural appropriation oh i
1: forgot the trunk dream catchers
2: were they in this?
1: Yeah, when he opened his trunk to get all the weapons, there were dream catchers hanging from the, top of the, the trunk. Shut the fuck up!
2: I oh, didn't even I didn't notice, notice
0: that!
1: Yeah.
2: Wow, I was just <sighs> making Damn. a joke. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, I hope I wasn't imagining that. Now I'm like questioning it, but no, I'm near did. positive.
0: They always have random shit in there. Uh, yeah. What do you think is going to happen next time?
1: Oof. I feel like they're. Where did it say they were going? Did they tell us?
0: Yes. No. They didn't. Sorry, mm. I have it written down, but they didn't tell us. Will you tell
1: us? It's okay. I'll 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 okay. do a I'm, a blind read. I want a chupacabra episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So give it you, to you're me. You're just really into goat sucking.
1: I'm really into goat sucking. Okay.
0: Well, I I'm praying that your wish comes true mm-hmm. and that we get chupacabras. They
1: really didn't give us anything this episode. They just. I feel like now we're going to get more into, like, those serialized, like, one, like, isolated episode type thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're establishing character and stuff like that for a little while, so. Yeah, the first season is very much like,
2: let's go on an adventure each day. Mm. And some story building.
1: I think in about 15 more episodes we'll finally meet the dad again.
0: (laughs) I forget when he comes back again, actually. All right, well, that's about all we have. Thank you for listening. Mhm. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Tony Poyhar and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. Contact us on Instagram or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time. Bye-bye. Lake bye. Manitoc, Wisconsin.